Welcome to NetSmart Care Threads, a podcast where human services and post-acute leaders across the healthcare continuum come together to discuss industry trends, challenges, and opportunities. Listen as we uncover real stories about how to innovate and improve the quality of care for the communities we serve. Let's get into the show. My name is Tom Herzog, and I'm your host today. I serve as Chief Operating Officer for NetSmart, and I'm excited to introduce our guest today, Rob Love, Executive Director of California-based Butte Home Health and Hospice. Butte Home Health and Hospice, founded in 1984, is a not-for-profit home health and hospice agency located in Northern California. Rob joined the organization as Executive Director in 2018 with a vision of evolving an agency into something truly special in the community. So far, the results have been impressive. Patient and family satisfaction scores are higher than ever. Clinical outcomes are rising. And just recently, the agency was named a Fortune Best Workplace in Aging Services, coming in at number five in the country in the the at-home category. Rob, thanks for joining me. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about what makes home care employer a great place to work. Our goal is to help all of our healthcare leaders, regardless of what community you serve, understand and practice the qualities that lead to the creation of great workplaces. We'll unpack some of the qualities that Rob believes helps create a truly great place to work. Rob, how are you doing? Doing great today. Thanks for having me. You know, as we jump into some of the topics here and and questions is, you know, when when you think about the best workplace review, and you hear you you hear the words feel and caring were the words that your team most used and asked in in regards to what truly made you make you guys unique. Why do you think that is? That just did, did that just happen, or is there some intent behind? Uh, yeah, you're right. There was a survey that we did um, that led to that um, fortune ranking, and they did a, a word cloud. And, you know, it's like the the cloud is just probably 50 different words that appeared most frequently. And you're right, um, you know, feel and caring popped out there. It was a little surprising, but I, I, I really enjoyed seeing that. I mean, you know, my, I have an executive coach and he, he talks about the importance of, of hiring the right people, putting them in the right places, doing the right things. And that's, that's where it all starts. And, and I think back to the feeling and caring, that's really tied to an emotion. I mean, it, it, it shows that the, the commitment to the organization and the mission. And to me, it means that they feel supported and that they care about the, the mission, they care about our patients. Um, and I think they truly care about each other as well. So, I mean, being, being part of a team and feeling supported is I think one of the best feelings ever that you can have at work. It's really a, a win-win. Well, and I think that's, you know, I know myself is it's going back to the small things. The small things end up being big things. You know, you mentioned just taking time to say thank you. I think in this time of busyness, when there's always a task, always a challenge, always a need, yet being intentional, you talked about just stopping and having a conversation writing a note, um, doing the lunch thing. And I think if anything, I don't know about you, but I've been reminded how important those things are. 
and not to let busyness kind of trump everything that's out there. What about, what is it about your mission, your cause that really connects your team? I think it gets back to knowing why people do what they do and knowing why we do what we do. And if you talk to a nurse and you really talk to them, you know, why did you get into this field? Why do you do what you do? And, you know, you're going to get something about caring and compassion. And if they're in home health or hospice, hopefully they enjoy that one-on-one care. And if you can find a way to shape their job duties and their functions in, in a way that emphasizes the reasons they got into this in the first place, it really does wonders in terms of reinvigorating their passion for what they do. About our mission, hopefully they find it attractive, but I mean, really, we are focused on the patient, we're focused on the community, and they, they understand if there's uh, you know, no margin, there's no mission. Um, it's not, a, you know, we're not, uh, you know, there's, there's that aspect to it, but they know that we focus on um, employee satisfaction and patient satisfaction, and, and neither one of those is more important than the other, it's sort of that her Kelleher thing, Southwest Airlines, you know, back in business school, back in the day, you know, taking care of the team and doing so you're taking care of the, the patient or the customer. And that's our philosophy. And I think they, they respond well to that. And I think that's, you know, a big reason why you guys got the ranking that you did is not only are you expressing, hey, this is who we want to be, but you're being very intentional around those things. And I guess that's It's a good segue into our next, you know, the next question here is, you know, when you look at staffing, it's been elevated as one of the top priorities of a healthcare leadership's mind. I know I recently came back from a conversation. This was the number one topic was the attraction and retention of our teams. And I think when we look at shortages, turnover, and the conversations around burnout, ranking at an all-time high, you mentioned that your, your team, your agency is doing well with recruiting and retention. Why is that? So it's something that's difficult. It's difficult to take care of this during a crisis. But before a crisis occurs, understanding that there's going to be shortages and hiring is a challenge. As a matter of fact, it was a challenge to us when I first started, I think four years ago, three and a half years ago. Our reputation wasn't bad as being an employer, but it wasn't great. So, you know, nursing's a small community in any community. For, uh, and, and I think anybody we bring on has worked with someone else who's already here in some setting in the last 10 years, if they're from the area and worked around here. So uh, if we hire from someone from the hospital, there's a handful who have also worked at the hospital. And I guess the point I'm trying to make is it's a small community. The nurses, they know each other. And as an employer, you develop a reputation uh, as to what type of employee, employer you are, and that comes back to help you or or haunt you. So taking care of that and doing it at a time when you're not desperate for staff is is absolutely key. So in, in, in in the process of, like we've already talked about, rebuilding the culture, we've developed a good reputation before the shortage doesn't mean we don't have trouble finding nurses. I mean, we have crises just like everybody, you know, somebody's out sick, 
Um, it's very popular in California to leave the state. Um, that's happened with a couple of our nurses, a couple of retirements, but, but we still have people who come here and they, um, they have heard good things about us. What are, so as you think about some of the things that if I'm a healthcare agency, I am struggling with both attraction and retention. What's some advice that you would give them on things that they can be doing right now? Yeah, I think good communication is the key. I think communicating to people, you know, why you do what you do, what your mission is, and ensuring that there's solid communication. Uh, You can't over communicate, but I mean, some examples we use, uh, you know, so this field staff is not so isolated from the office staff and what's going on. We we use uh, uh, Slack. I mean, there's any other tools out there that you can use, but, you know, we use it to announce new hires, introduce new hires, uh, you know, birthdays, you know, shout outs, you know, every thank you note that we receive that mentions certain clinical staff, we put it on Slack so that the rest of the team sees it and kind of call that out. I also use, um, I use a tool called Loom. And I know there's probably a bunch of other tools that you can use, but it's basically short videos. It's a way to record and send videos uh, out to the team. And so I'll do agency or company updates about what's going on, hopefully just a few minutes long. Sometimes they're as long as 10 minutes, but it's an update as to what's happening. And I try to make it pull out some of the positives that are going on at the agency and share that with everybody, share it with the field staff so that they know what's going on. So the communication's great. And then finally, I think for helping with your reputation, take some of your key staff, if they would, ask them to write an online review. Yeah. And uh, sort of a secret sauce. People are, when they hear about your agency, this happens with patients and family as well, but you know, you think about where a team member would go if they're going to Google you, or if they're going to search on Indeed, and you better make sure that there's a couple of uh, uh, any of the reviews that are there are representative of what your agency is like. Yeah, you know, I think sometimes, you know, I live under this notion, we don't know what we don't know. And there's always this assumption that we're probably communicating better than what we really are. And I know in our own surveys here, one of the best feedbacks that we got is, we made a very intentional effort to over-communicate and not just in one way, exactly as you described it, Rob, many different formats and varieties. And even when we thought, are we communicating too much? Man, the feedback was, it's good. And we even, you know, and it wasn't even sometimes communicate that we have everything figured out. We're in the process of working through, give us some margin and grace in it. And that was really, really well received. And I think in times of uncertainty, if there's anything that we've learned is, hey, people just want to know that we're there, we're listening, we're connecting. And even though we may not have everything figured out or we're adapting and pivoting along the way, just communicating that kind of brings a confidence and calm that not hearing any, it's better than not hearing anything. So um, what I hear you saying is, hey, uh, look for think challenge, maybe the status quo of what you've been communicating. And even if you have, maybe rethink how you're doing that. I'm curious on the loom, was that pretty well received uh, when you were sending that out there? I'm familiar somewhat with it. It's kind of short video snippets, I believe. Yeah, just it's just it's sort of like a, any webinar or, or um, video meeting tool, but it is just, a, and you can show a PowerPoint and have yourself in a circle yeah. in the lower left or right corner, or it can just be a full screen of you, whatever you like. 
Um, but yeah, it's been great. I mean, we use that as a tool for, for all sorts of purposes, but, but using it for our um, communication to our, our team, they really like hearing from me. And, uh, and I do try to extract news that supports our progress in our mission. And I, you know, I, and one of the areas where we've really thrived is patient satisfaction. So I enjoy sharing those scores, introducing new staff. They really appreciate that. Even though we do that on Slack, I'm, I'm over communicating. I'm doing it again, um, <laughs> just to make sure that they see it and they understand who the familiar faces are, put faces to names. Well, I'm, and, yeah. Let, let me ask you this is, I, you know, what I sense is, and you, you and I were talking a little bit beforehand, is this last 18 months, and let's be candid, it's more than the pandemic. You and I were even talking uniquely around some of the challenges in California in general, whether they're the wildfires, energy, some of those types of things, has really, you know, challenged you to be a better organization. And my sense is you guys have come out of it as a better organization. Is that a true statement? That's a solid point. Um, I think that's kind of where the empathy part um, plays a role because we we had a primer for this before the pandemic in 2018, we had uh, the most destructive wildfire in US history hit us in late 2018 that burnt down the town of Paradise, displaced I think 55,000 people. Some of our own team members lost homes. And really the, the 55,000 people that were displaced, many of them stayed in our area, but they're, they're emotionally fragile. And uh, we found ourselves doing more nursing visits. We found ourselves doing a lot more medical social worker visits, which is very costly, but we were happy to do it to support our patient population. So we had that momentum already going into the pandemic and we almost turn it inward as well as out as well as outward toward our, our patients. And we acknowledge that everyone's going through a hard time in some way, you know, whether it's having to, you can't find kids or you can't find a, a preschool for your kids to go to anymore. So you have to stay home. Uh, maybe you're tired of staying at home. You know, there's other, other illnesses. People are for, going care. There's all sorts of reasons that people are um, are stressed and have anxiety. Yeah. And uh, the mental health aspect of it is a is a huge a huge part of that. So in supporting and taking care of our patients, I think we we learn to do a better job of supporting and taking care of each other. Well and I think it's the notion and I'm going to borrow a phrase, it's okay to not be okay. And yeah. I remember conversations I've had with people and said, you know, I actually had one phone call come up and saying, Tom, I'm not okay. And um, I was like, I got it. I mean, there's a lot going on. It's heavy. And we're all managing this, not only in our workplace, but at home and our community and society. And we're managing through things that quite honestly, we weren't prepared for. I mean, it's not like we went to the year 2020 uh, training class to get ready for it. We all had to learn. And I, I think the thing that I try to gravitate people is in the, if there's good to come out of this, we're more alike than not. I guess it's a great segue to my next question is, as you look out to 2022, what are some of the initiatives that you're aiming to achieve, maybe to improve or to get better at? to continue to make your organization an exceptional place? I'm big on surveys. I know you are too. Um, we did a survey in the beginning um, back in 2018 that gave us some direction 
But we did another survey more recently about how we as an organization should place our resources that would increase happiness. I mean, we didn't phrase it that way, but that's what we're looking for. And one of the one of the areas was professional development. And I thought that's a great idea. So we're giving our nurses an opportunity, and we have been now for a few months, and we're going to continue this. We're giving them an opportunity to become certified in wound care, ostomy care, or hospice and palliative care. We're looking at Alzheimer's dementia type programs. And what we're doing is we're allowing them to take these courses. And by the way, so this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity because normally you have to send staff away out of town to take these four day classes. Right now you can still have some of these that are live classrooms online. And so it's sort of like a once in a lifetime opportunity to get these classes live online without sending staff um, you know, out of the area. So um, we're doing that right now. And the response has been great. And I think the result is the team members appreciate the investment in their professional development, but it's also giving us a competitive advantage as an organization. No one else has certified wound. We, you know, they might have one if they're lucky, but we've got many. And same thing with ostomy certified and um, having nurses who are certified hospice and palliative care nurses. That's all competitive advantages that, uh, those are all competitive advantages that are preparing us to um, provide the best possible care for our patients while investing in professional development of our team members. So I want to thank you for taking the time with us today. Um, great conversation. I know this is the forefront of what everyone's thinking about right now as we look at the um, attraction and retention of our teams and really good ideas uh, for us to uh, consider and, and still collaborate on. I, I, how, how can listeners connect with you? What's the best way? Are you on Twitter or LinkedIn or what's, what's a good way for, for them to, to say, hey, I have a question for Rob? LinkedIn, just search for Robert Love, Chico, California. Um, uh, we, you'll find me. And we'll put that in the show. Can we put that in the show notes too? I always like saying absolutely. that. You know, I think absolutely. all the real podcasters say uh, somewhere at the end, put in the, in the show, show notes. So we'll do that. I think to the audience, um, you know, if you've enjoyed this pod- podcast, please take a moment to give us a rating and continue the feedback. This podcast was generated off feedback from our from our listeners out there as we wanted to tackle this topic and maybe you know someone who would be great to have a conversation as well rob and i have had the opportunity to connect and today is just a conversation between um you know people who are uh, working and collaborating to uh, achieve the same things and that is to create exceptional workplaces so that we can serve others in extraordinary ways rob thank you very much for today really appreciate it At NetSmart, we understand the challenges facing provider organizations. Our team will help you navigate changing value-based care models with solutions and services that make person-centered care a reality. We'll equip you with technology and services that provide holistic, real-time views of care histories that inform better decision-making and better outcomes. Visit us today at ntst.com. NetSmart, serving you so you can serve others. Thanks for listening to the NetSmart Care Threads podcast. Through collaboration and conversation, we can work together to make healthcare more connected than ever before and better support the communities we serve. 
To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars that you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.